0: Well, it's a pleasure to welcome Tim Jones back to Seeds Podcast. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Tim, I think this is the third time you've been on. Technically, well, third
1: as a, second as as a a guest. As a guest, that's true. Because one time was technically as a host with Mark. Well, that's true. Yeah, and actually,
0: I'm thinking the B Corp panel as well, you're... Well, true kind of on that as Whoa. well well look at me go you're rocketing up here um but the the funny thing here is that you have no idea what we're about to talk about do you absolutely no idea so i think this is a true test um of the level of our friendship that you trust me enough <laughs> to come to my house to talk about something and you have no idea what we're going to talk about here we go yeah yeah <laughs> and i'm looking forward to it though i want to start by telling it's a quote actually and i found this great quote it's When dealing with people, remember that you are not dealing with creatures of logic, but creatures of emotion.
1: One (laughs) thousand (laughs) percent. You've noticed that? Yeah. um, A common saying I have is, if it wasn't for people and customers, the world would be a great place. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So,
0: yeah. This quote comes from the guy Dale Carnegie, and so he wrote that book, How to Win Friends and Influence People and Things. but. We're not going to talk about that. It's just I want to set the quote as the foundation Mm -hmm. for where we're going. What I actually want to talk about is house prices. Now, I know that that may not immediately, you may be wondering where we're going here, but I've been doing some thinking about house prices, Mm -hmm. in particular here in New Zealand. And I'm keen for your take as someone who's moved here from overseas. Mm -hmm. But also, I want to share with you some research I've been doing and see what you think.
1: Sounds cool. H- how long we've we got for this? Because I actually have quite a lot of opinions <laughs> on house prices. Well, in general, um, we'll, we'll just keep going until we're done, <laughs> <laughs> until we've either solved it or we're just so exhausted. <laughs> until we've exhausted it,
0: exactly. So, I want to set the scene um, because basically, you've you've probably read or you know, you know, the book Tale of Two Cities. Yes. And uh, what I want to posit here is that we have a Tale of Two Cities in New Zealand Mm -hmm. and those two cities I'm going to start with a little story I have a friend with a young family they just bought a house I was very happy for them and it reflects this idea of logic and emotions Mm -hmm. so they managed to find it's an older house it's been a doer-upper it's in the right school zone
1: very important in New Zealand
0: very important it cost more than a million dollars a second friend also bought a house brand new. They input it on design and the fit out. It has a large section. It's right near a decile 10 primary school and a decile 10 secondary school. And it costs less than $500,000. Can you guess where I'm going here? What the difference is in location? Mm. The first friend bought in Auckland, right. the second friend bought here in Christchurch, where we're recording sure. this. And the reality is that it's not an unusual situation. So, I, I just was, it's something that's been on my mind since I was reflecting on my friend. And I did a bit of research. I reached out to REINZ, mm-hmm. who do the statistics, yep. and I asked them, what is the house price differential? Auckland City, the median price... I have to get this right, not average, it's the median house price, is $1,007,000. And the median house price in Christchurch is $491,000. So there's a vast difference.
1: yeah, Obviously, in Auckland, you maybe get a view of Rangitoto, so clearly the case got solved. Of course, (laughs) every house up there. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, if you squint just enough from the corner
0: bedroom. That's probably true, <laughs> but that's the thing: is that my friend in Auckland, like, he's literally bought a Dew wrapper for more than a million dollars. Yeah, it's insane. And down here, like we're recording this in my house in Rolleston, and I've got friends who've bought houses for four hundred and fifty thousand. Mm. So I'm just curious about your immediate reaction to that information, the, those statistics.
1: Um, yeah, it's. I think it's, it's so bizarre and arbitrary. In many ways, that we have chosen houses as a vehicle for economic performance and growth as individuals. Mm. I mean, it's like the tulip bubble in what was it, the 1600s, 1700s? Yeah. You know, let's, someone just assigns insane value to an item, to a commodity, and then suddenly everyone just, go, well, I need more. I want yellow ones, I want red ones, or whatever. Mm. Um, why not pencils? Let, let's just start a trend that pencils are the thing that everyone needs and they're now worth a thousand dollars each. Mm. We could start that, we have mm. the means, you know, with social media. We could probably give that, or someone listening will probably actually do that. Um, it just seems for me it's so insane that something that is such a human necessity, you know, Maslow's hierarchy, shelter, protection, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, a million bucks for a doer upper, and yeah, you know, the 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 medical impact of living in a house that's probably damp and cold, particularly in Auckland house. I've lived in Auckland villas. Mm, mm. Lovely to look at. But yeah, when you can see, see the floor underneath the house through the floorboards. Yeah. For a million bucks.
0: Yeah. It's just it, insane. It's a lot of money, isn't it? Now, what we're going to do is I'm going to share with you some of the things that I've discovered because this, like you, similar reaction, like, what is going on here? And that's mm. why the quote at the start is good, I think. The yeah, yeah. like the logic and emotion. I kind of come back to Spock from Star Trek, you know, like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was very logical. Yes. And if he analyzed this he would say what is going it's on? It's a logical gem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a Spock accent, but <laughs> that was that was pretty good. <laughs> so um, I did a bit of research and I started contacting some people. So I just want to share with you what I found. The first person is Sam Broughton. Mm-hmm. So he's the mayor of yes. Selwyn. So I went over to his office. He was very generous. He sat down with me. He's actually been on the podcast as well. Well, there we go. Um, back about episode twenty-five or so. In 2016, he was elected as one of the youngest mayors mm-hmm. in New Zealand. He was 35, and he's just um, won re-election. So, he got more than double the votes of his nearest, mm. you know. So, he's doing all right then. He's doing okay. <laughs> yeah. um, so, I has I I just wanted to get his perspective as the mayor of Sowen. What does he think is mm. going on? I'm going to read you what he had to say, um, because I thought this was quite interesting. He said... I think the ability for us to continue to provide affordable housing is due in lots of ways to good planning, strategic planning, between the three councils, Waimakariri, Christchurch, and Selwyn, identifying the places where we wanted growth to happen. There were some boundaries around where residential growth could go, so we want to protect farmland and the good dirt that we have here in Canterbury. But to enable that growth, we had to say to these townships that they would grow X amount, and that was done in collaboration with our neighbors. It was so unconnected to the greater Christchurch story. We've grown faster than we thought we would. But if we hadn't planned for it and started down this journey and had a direction we wanted to go, we would be well behind now. That's kind of interesting. Mm. I don't know. What do you think?
1: <clears throat> yeah, it's, I mean, the the emotion logic thing, that's that's such a key thing, mm. Um we can, I guess, I don't know. Did anyone think we'd weave Trump into house prices in New Zealand? But here we go. Um, people buy on emotion, they defend on logic. Mm. And that's how I think Trump won. I'll make America great again. Whatever that means to you can mean anything, mm. I'll make your life great again. And everyone's life's great again. There's no logic in that. There's no rationality. There's no, and here's some data as to how I'm going to make that happen. Yeah. And it's the same with how, like any significant purchase, this is with my kind of sales hat on, any significant purchase, it's, it's an emotional, well, in fact, most purchases are emotionally driven. Mm. You know, the typical story is, you know, husband and wife looking at a new house. If the wife falls in love with it, it's game over. Oh, can you imagine- you know, and you know when you're selling something to oh you can you imagine your kids playing in here like oh yes, I can imagine that mm-hmm. logic goes out of the mm-hmm. out of the window, yeah, but yeah but then you know it's it's that's like a very logical map, you know planning da 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 so i guess there's there's elements of logic at the at the higher level, but yeah I, I think when you get into the nitty gritty of supply chain and build quality and what have you, logic. Doesn't seem to exist.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because th- this was so that made me curious talking with him. So I reached out again to Ari and said, and I said, what was what were the figures ten years ago? You know, like how much were how much was housing worth then? Because I thought that might help us trace like mm-hmm. what's going on here in terms of logic, emotion, mm. like, and it's it, actually fascinating the statistics. So ten years ago, July two thousand ten. For Auckland City, the median price was four hundred and eighty two thousand five hundred and now remember it's one million seven thousand. In Christchurch City, the median ten years ago was three hundred and twenty seven thousand five hundred compared to four hundred and ninety one thousand now. So you can definitely see like objectively, mm. something happened where Auckland basically doubled and Christchurch didn't grow mm. as much.
1: I guess we had the earthquakes. Yeah. In the middle of that. More or less. Around well, no. When that, did you say that was ten that years was ago, that was
0: July 2010. These so stats were just before, so just before the quakes, or yeah. just
1: yeah, round about the quakes. So hmm.
0: yeah, but it's interesting, isn't it that that the the because of course what we're saying here is if my friend sold his house for a mm. million dollars and moved to Christchurch, yes, his mortgage could be half, yes, the size that it was, Yep. And that's quite stunning really. It is. But <laughs> like, you'd have to live in Auckland you know. Yeah. Well, you, you you'd either direction I guess if you're yeah. in Auckland you'd have to come you to Christchurch. Mm. Now, the other th- bit of info that I got on this is that um the wages are very similar. Mm. So you might think, well, of course Auckland they're paying a lot more, but actually if you look into it, Statistics New Zealand show that the average wage mm. is actually like, you know, within $40 or $50. Dollars Comparatively, yep. it's it's not actually like double, mm. which you would think it might be if the prices, you yes. know, the house prices are double. So, is it really huge amount more that they're making?
1: Which is, I think that's and that's part of the problem. Mm. I guess that New Zealand's facing, isn't it? You know, it's for the if, if you're earning good money, you can service a million dollar debt, mm-hmm. but that's the median house price. Yeah, you know?
0: so. <laughs> Yeah. Well you I've know, got other friends who've who've bought even more, more than, than that. that. Yeah. Wow, you got some good friends. <laughs> yeah, I know. I <laughs> <laughs> need to go back and have a visit. But remember, yeah. these are houses that compared to the house that we're sitting in, I would not rate. No, it,
1: and and exactly that. And that that I think is the really bizarre thing. Is like I'm imagining the, the villa that well, one of the villas I used to rent in, mm-hmm. in Auckland, and it was cold and drafty and mouldy, mm-hmm. and that was just off Ponsonby Road, and it's probably a two million dollar plus house, mm. and I doubt it's been done up. And I just think that it, surely you'd you'd have to think at some point we'd have to start factoring in yep. more than just the school zone, the postcode, and maybe the view. Uh, ironically, we, uh, my wife and I, moved uh, up to Auckland after the earthquakes, and we initially lived in Pukakoi, about well, what is it about maybe forty k south of Auckland could be 45 minutes could be three hours south of Auckland commuting (laughs) depends (laughs) on what time you left right um but genuinely from our living room uh window you could see the top of the sky tower (laughs) Mm. so it's kind of like you know ah live in Pukankoe with sky tower views you know it's it's all in and again it's that emotional sale or or the how how you um position what the house you know you know established villa in great location da 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 all the rest of it but you're right and it's interesting in Australia with commercial property they have a well, it's, I guess it's a classic Kiwi story. There's a, there's a thing called Neighbours, mm. um, not the sitcom or right, thing like Home TV and Away. Show. <laughs> yeah. tip, tip for young players, never if anyone says come move to Yabby Creek, say no, because it's just a disaster zone. I don't know anyone would ever move there. Um, yeah, so Neighbours, which is, I can't remember what it stands for, National something. Anyway, it was like a, um, a ratings program for building performance. Mm. Um, so commercial property in Australia has a Neighbours rating. So... How much energy does it take to run this building? How, you know, is it warm in in winter and cold in in summer? All those kind of things, and that rating would influence the rental income and the sale price. Mm-hmm. And you think. Well, that's really obvious. So, why would we not do that? So you can kind of go, well, yeah, it's a lovely old villa. It's vintage. It's authentic. It's historic. But it's really cold and damp, and it's probably going to kill you slowly with the mold and yeah. what, whatever else is so in we there. Get this, so we'll, this rating <clears> here, yeah. So, we'll, that, and that would reflect the price because it's going to cost you. You know, and again, this is you know the logical thing is okay. Well, it's it's a lovely house. It's got all these historic features, but it's going to cost us a thousand dollars a month to heat it mm. um, because we're just going to watch the hot air leak out of all the gaps in the house. Yeah. So, well, has surely there has to be some adjustment? But there is no adjustment for that. And you see, you know, I, I, I tend to not watch the news, but you know, you have seen. I think it was in Graylin or something, maybe a couple of years ago. It was basically a shed mm. on a section that went for like two million bucks. Yeah, and you just.
0: Yeah. No what is it's, that actually it's, about? It's incredible. And the other thing is that we're coming out of well, the first lockdown with COVID and things. And I don't know about you, but all of us pretty much had to pivot to online. Yes. And all of a sudden everybody's working from home. Mm. And I think it's gonna be fascinating to see the longer term implications of that. Yes. Where people maybe listening to this podcast are looking at each other going, So if we sold our million dollar tiny home and did remote working from mm. Christchurch or some other cheaper yep. location, yes, um you know the logic there there it's possible now, whereas you know a couple of decades ago that wouldn't mm. have been possible
1: but I think this this is part of the um like I teach this in in my in some of the sales training I do it's um if you want to have a fast track into mm. the psychology of another human, look at the car look at the car they drive and the suburb they live in and the type of house they live in. Because that is the deepest subconscious connection to a human. Because mm. the, the two most expensive things you'll ever buy typically are a house and a car, mm. and it's is, it is the clearest manifestation of who you want people to think you are. Right. And I think that's one. That's the emotional attachment again. It's like, well, yeah, sure. Half the people living in Auckland could sell up and go and move to, you know, the West Coast or Gisborne or mm. wherever. Mm. But do they want to be seen to do that? Or do yeah. they want to be seen to be living in their nice... I mean, we're all, I'm, I'm as guilty as anyone. It's like the smart thing would be for us to sell the new house we've just finished building, yeah. cash up, and, yeah, go and get a house bus. Lee, yeah. my wife, will kill me because she's like if, you, like, if you want instant divorce, buy a house bus.
0: We, right. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we not just like them through the building process. <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> but, you know, the
1: logical thing would be, well, why not do that? We'd be probably more connected as a family because like, you know you go camping mm. and you realize how little you can survive on mm. so actually i've been wearing the same t-shirt for four days yeah it's a bit smelly but no one else has noticed because everyone else has done the same yeah. you know and it's only when you get back into your house and you go oh actually i've got all these things and trinketry that didn't need it for the last two weeks
0: yeah and we're, we're recording this in my little <laughs> office with the books on the wall but right? i think but, books are different though okay books books are okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Well, I was curious. So I've been doing this research and um, wanted to get a different perspective, an Auckland-based perspective, Mm -hmm. because I was just listening too much to my own self and doing my own research. So I asked Shamabil Jakub, who's an economist. He wrote um, Generation Rent And um, he's also been on the podcast before. So I reached out to him. He studied at Lincoln University, which is just down the road. Um, And I said, you know, he's now in Auckland. So I asked him for his take on this, and this was really helpful. He said, we choose to live in Auckland for work and family. Most people don't choose Auckland because of its house prices or its congestion, rather in spite of it. It may be emotional, but there's also some logic. The work and city magic that happens here just does not happen anywhere else. Large and dense cities foster serendipity. When I'm lingering over a coffee in Shortland Street or at drinks for business, I bump into people I hadn't planned to see. These moments of serendipity can be more than a chance meeting. They may lead to new work opportunities, investments, or friendships. The combinations and permutations of such chance meetings are much higher in large and dense urban centers favoring creative industries that rely on sparks of innovation and networks. That's interesting. Mm. Yeah. Any immediate thoughts of that comment?
1: Yeah, I totally get where he's coming from with that. But I'd argue, if you look at Christchurch, mm. you know, it's it's a such a, I'd, I'd argue it's almost even easier for that to happen. I mean, mm. things like, you know, your impact lunches you've been running, you know. Yeah. The de- i think you get a slightly deeper connection mm. perhaps uh, you know and there's 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 arguments both ways for that kind of more transient quicker fired mm. little you know connections here and there sort of synapses firing rather than that deeper hey actually you know we could there might be something here but deeper
0: yeah um and getting to know people well enough where you can call them and say would you come on the podcast without even knowing what it's about <laughs> yeah <laughs> only a select few idiots would ever do that <laughs>
1: um yeah because i mean I, sometimes i sort of well it's been a while since i've traveled overseas but when you fly through places like la or you know and, and in the global scheme of things that's that's still a relatively small city compared mm. to sao paulo or somewhere like that i i just can't get my head around a city of like 20 billion people you just, how do you just how do you cope with that how do you manage with that i mean i grew up in a small village in the uk it's like yeah. you kind of just know everyone <laughs> yeah um
0: and maybe that's a difference as well. Is that Auckland is a big city, but it's not. But it's not as, as big exactly as, that because because mm. I lived in Tokyo for four years. There's 25 million people. Yeah, and you I uh, you would feel anonymous basically. Yes. You were walking along, and there's a person I've never seen. <laughs> there's I a person I've never seen, and I'll never see them again. Probably, probably. Yeah, um, and unless you went to the same places, then there might be recurring relationships and things. But yeah, um, it's quite different. So I I asked him for a bit more comment just because he's able to comment Mm. from an economist's perspective on the housing market itself. And here's what he had to say. Auckland's housing market is awfully broken. Its unaffordable houses and congestion are primary reasons why (laughs) Auckland has been losing more people to the provinces than it receives for decades often older folk freeing up capital tied up in housing and young families for stability and affordability. We are making slow but steady policy progress to fix the housing crisis. We must fix this because our cities may have some parochial rivalry, but really each serves a unique and complementary role. Christchurch is the capital city of the South Island. Wellington is the political capital. Auckland is the commercial capital. We need each to work well. Makes sense. Yeah. Mm. It's interesting, isn't it? So, I'm keen now to hear your international perspective. So, mm-hmm. as you know, I returned to New Zealand about four years ago. My kids came home singing the beautiful song of the Australian National Anthem, oh. and we realized <laughs> there's an identity for We're me. got to get out! <laughs> <laughs> and it's time to come back to New Zealand, because I have an accent, but I actually grew up here. And um, one of the big factors in our choosing Christchurch was house prices, mm-hmm. and looking at the cost, you know, the extra couple hundred thousands of mortgage Mm -hmm. versus the amount of salary, it just kind of made logical sense. And also, I think if you look at Auckland, and then compare it to London, Mm. Tokyo, you know, Sydney, like we had friends in some of those locations Mm. and the houses that they were buying like they made Auckland look cheap (laughs) So (laughs) it's kind of an interesting dynamic and the dynamic I want to watch is as Kiwis overseas Mm. with COVID happening and they're kind of reflecting maybe and thinking maybe it's time to sell our place in Mm. New York or wherever Mm. and come back whether that's gonna have you know an international um, whether they will then say well Let's go to Christchurch or Wellington or or not. I'm sure
1: uh, Christchurch and Z will be champing at the bit to get those those people back. But it's an interesting one because, you know, is that the same population who then drive up the house prices? Because, mm. you know, if you're selling in London, New York, Tokyo, Sydney, even, you know, like you say, it's two mil for that, for a dual wrapper, easy, I'll take two. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I kind of feel <clears throat> that, that in many ways, that's, is that part of the problem mm. with house prices? I mean, there was... Because um, I live in Hallswell, just down the road from Rolleston, for those mm. of you in Christchurch. For those of you outside of Christchurch, you don't care. Um, but there was quite a big section of land that was sold there, mm. which has now been uh, developed. And at the time, on the local community Facebook group, which is, I guess, like reading the comments on stuff, um, just don't go there too often. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, we've sold out. Because um, I think there was a, a Chinese investment group behind the subject. Oh, we've sold out to the Chinese, that are. But it's like, but who sold it to the Chinese? It mm. was a kiwi, right? So, and I kind of think that's that's part of the problem with house prices is it just takes one person in the room with the money mm. to now take it from a median of one point seven to two because I'm going to make two the new normal because I have two available. Yeah, and it's again, I come back to my sort of opening comments. It's it's just so arbitrary that. We let house price, we let houses become such a commodity item. Whereas in, I, I believe I'm right in some, what used to be the case in uh, some of the uh, cantons in Germany or some of the provinces in Germany, the the city muni- municipality would just say the top price for a house is three hundred thousand euros. You cannot sell it for more than that. Mm. End of. Well, that makes a housing crisis go away pretty quickly, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, I used to sell medical devices in German hospitals are the same. The professor of the Krankenhaus. He sets the price for the implants. If you want to supply it for that money, you supply it. If you want to try and charge more than that, well, we're not buying them. Mm. Makes it, you know, it's really easy fix, isn't it? If you just sort of go, well, a four bedroom house is $450,000, end of. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. No. Well, there there are solutions, but it's totally. whether there's political will to exactly see that. them through. And it's interesting. You mentioned Christchurch and Zed before as well, because I reached out to them, oh, and I I I'd like know. to read you what they Unprompted, had to Unprompted,
1: unscripted, but look at that. There,
0: there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just before we get to Christchurch and Zed, and what they, they, I got a comment from Lauren Hefey. Um, who's the general manager of Destination and Attraction, so mm-hmm. just her perspective. I did talk as well with a first-home buyer. Now, this was quite interesting because, as you probably know, there's what's called the Kaingora First mm-hmm. Home Grant, and there's a price cap in place in different parts of the country. Mm-hmm. So in Christchurch, the first-home price cap is $500,000 for existing houses or fi- 550000 for a new build, and in Auckland, the price cap is six hundred thousand for an existing house and six fifty for a new build. So, thinking about it from a first home buyer perspective, mm. you can get a lot more bang for your buck mm. down here yep. than you can totally. there. And in mm. fact, the price cap probably means there's a lot that's not even mm. accessible. Yeah,
1: totally. This doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. So it's just interesting. So then turning to Christchurch and NZ, here's what um, Lauren had to say. Otatahi Christchurch is an exceptional place to call home, with competitive city house prices a, a definite draw card. We are a city of opportunity where home ownership is within reach for more people. We are also home to world-class universities and quality schooling, a diversity of industry offering employment options, and the natural abundance of the South Island of New Zealand, surely one of the most desirable locations in the world. The lifestyle balance afforded by living in such close proximity to spectacular mountains and beautiful beaches within easy reach of the city means this is one of the most livable cities in the world. Agree hard to disagree yeah. isn't it we're that's both here, why I'm here. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you have sea and mountains how does this work <laughs> yeah I have this to is think, madness <laughs> i have
0: to think actually you know you you it, it's kind of amazing but you could actually be skiing yeah totally. at mount hut and yeah. then be at sumner surfing on yeah the same and day. there's many people that have done that yeah yeah it's yeah, pretty cool anyway that's that perspective so i thought that was interesting now the other th- the other bit of info and i want to get i want to finish off with the philosophical uh, I can't say it the phil- philosophical <laughs> yeah, the philosophical <laughs> questions yes. that you raised at the start because I think that is underlying things mm. that's actually a really foundational point, so we are going there cool um, but the thing I wanted to mention before that is the regions of New Zealand and the fact that they're even cheaper, mm. so the west coast, stunningly beautiful, has an average house price even lower than Canterbury, an example um, down in Otago. Amaru sits as a little gem on the Otago coast. Mm. You know, it's got a quirky, cool vibe, steampunk museum. Um, And the REINZ reports that the the Amaru Ward had a median price for the three months into July 2020 of $346,500. And then let's go further south. (laughs) Have you been to Mataura down near Gore? Yes, many years ago. The Matara Ward, the median price for the three months ending July 2020 is $159,000. Wow. So, if your it's Auckland sort of like friends Monopoly, right? wanted
1: to become landed gentry, they could just go down there, buy sell probably the village, dollar, and yeah, become feudal overlords. That's right. So, it's, <laughs> it's really wind back the clock. <laughs> and
0: uh, yeah, you, you could buy three or four houses yeah. down there. It, yeah. yeah, it's quite fascinating. <laughs> So I guess maybe we do have a situation where logic and emotion, you know, there's something going on Mm. there and emotion is taking over from the pure logic. Because if you looked at it from a numbers perspective, Mm. surely Christchurch or another location would Mm. have to be pretty attractive.
1: Yeah. But I guess there's other emotional, there's emotional ties, you know, family ties, you know, work ties. Yeah. I mean, I certainly know, I think it's a relatively common thing that, you know, you you just feel an attraction for a place. Mm-hmm. You know, you, it somewhere just feels homely or it doesn't. And so that there is a lot of, I guess, emotion, yeah. broader emotion beyond the logical, you know, and, and some people... Uh, dare I say, lawyers, accountants are yeah. typically more logical in their approach to decision making than someone like me, who's a more creative exp- well, Although you're a more creative, expressive lawyer than yeah, it's others. okay. I can take it. <coughs> You've <can take> <laughs> <laughs> you broad shoulders, yeah. you know. Whereas more creative, expressive people yeah. will, who cares about the logic? It's all about how I feel and yeah. what I want.
0: And I think that's it. It comes back at, at the end of the day: family connections, the support, the opportunities, the networks those actually are really, really important. Totally. So, like,
1: this is the vibe, the general vibe of a suburb, you know, the artist quarter, you know, all, yeah. all that kind of stuff all has a has a pull to it. Yeah.
0: yeah. And we're not coming to easy, any easy solution here. It's just more a conversation around house prices in New Zealand. Um, but I want to get back to the thing that you first started talking about, which is sort of underlying this, what's going Mm. on. Because if you step back from the detail, I think this is just one example of the housing system that's Mm. broken. Passively. And the evidence here is, you know, first of all, you can't rely on the market to just balance things out. No. Because that's clearly not happening here. And probably what we need is a complete cultural shift Mm. that is probably going to be our children's to make yep. but um i know you're you know about Te Ao maori and thinking about the concept of Kaitiakitanga, mm-hmm. which is you know we're holding things as guardians yep. for the future rather than inheriting the past for mm. us to use it up yep and i think partly this is um at play here when mm-hmm. it comes to house ownership you know that that concept of stewardship isn't given the prominence mm-hmm. and in fact the the bigger here issue here is that we've actually raised home ownership to be almost like an idol Mm. or, you know, like a golden calf that we worship before, that in Aotearoa, this is a really important cultural Mm. thing. Do you own your own home? Um, But actually, owning your home is just one of many housing options. Yes. And in fact, the price differencing that we're talking about here can skew the market with flow-on impacts. Um, Because I don't know if you know this, but right now, Um, there's 18,000 or more people um, currently on the waiting list for social housing. Wow. So what does it do if you're on the waiting list for social housing Mm. and the house prices are being driven up in cycles Mm -hmm. that are caused by unrealistic expectations? Um, That
1: you can never, you're constantly playing catch up.
0: Yeah, exactly. Because they they keep spiraling upwards. So affordable housing solutions likely are going to require a conscious intervention of some kind. Um, And we need to think about this, if we want to have a just and equitable society, Mm. then something is broken here. Um, Part of that, I think, is going to be recognizing something you kind of hinted at in Europe, you know, long-term rental. That's an option. Um, What about shared ownership options? That's an option. Um, And I think as well, the fact that the private market, you know, if if, if they're building housing for profit... You're probably going to be building three bedroom, four bedroom, yes. large places rather than one or two bedroom units,
1: mm. and building them badly as well because you don't you don't need it to last a hundred years. Mm. You know, I, I quite relatively frequently make the point that you know there are Roman villas still standing mm. in Britain from two thousand years ago, and they had underfloor heating. Mm. Wow, you know, and yet. In our new build, you know, this, this is going to sound very first world probably. Radiators, what? No, they're like, that's going to be like 30 grand, mate. Just put right. a put a hairdryer on the wall like everybody else. Right. Yeah, I'd really, I'd like my house to be warm though, not with a sort of gust blowing limply through, <laughs> through one room and then having to chase it down the corridor and push this little bit of hot air around the house. Yeah. It just, yeah, staggers me that we yeah. have
0: it's not the long-term thinking no yeah
1: and and i think that's because you know, the house we've just built this is for, for everyone in Holswell. um two things um number one our fence isn't too high uh, the council have been round and <laughs> had a chat about that um and number two no we don't have a garage um but that's because we're storing all the rubbish that we put in our last house in the garage in the attic space mm-hmm. so it's two common questions that our landscapers having asked of him every day as he's building a deck for us mm-hmm. um but it, i think this is again part of the part of that Kiwi psyche is you buy or build a house for the person you're going to sell it to in seven years time, Mm. instead of actually going, I want this house to work for me and my family, Mm. which is what we've done with our house. It's like, well, we've, we've got a a co-living arrangement with my wife's mother, you know, so we've built, we've built a house for intergenerational living, Mm. which meant, well, we don't, and we realized we don't really need a garage because we don't put cars in it. We just put bikes and camping gear. Well, we can put that in a shed or in the attic. Mm. So, and some people said, "Oh, well, you're never going to sell that." I was like, "Well, but I'm not. I'm not thinking about selling it. We've probably got a good fifteen, twenty years in this house. Mm. You know, I'll worry about that in fifteen, twenty years time." Mm. But I think, yeah, you know, so many th- th- this whole culture of buy a house or, f- or get a house to flip it in seven years time for a profit. And you know, being the, the purpose guy, it's like, well, we're not building houses fit for purpose. Mm. They're fit for just put the cheapest materials in that we can maximize the profit and we don't care if it's actually warm or dry as long as it just about you know so we can get it across code happy days and we're going to like you say we're building cookie cutter houses to for people to flip on seven-year cycles typically
0: yeah and and the reason why this is a good conversation is it comes back to something you started with which is great because the issue here is that the housing itself has become an investment commodity and we forget that its main function is actually the social purpose of providing totally. a home.
1: Totally, safety, shelter. You know, it's I. You know, you, you look at some of the I can't think of. I'm going to say it, but I can't think of it. But some of the great, you know, great movies or stories. You know, the, mm. the particularly British. You know, the, the the home is where the heart is, and heart is hearth or hearth, the fire. It's like it's the derivative of the same word, mm. heart and soul, the the center of the house. You know. And yet we don't. Yeah, it's just like we. I guess we just don't value that sense of yeah social cohesiveness and, and connection. It's it's just a vehicle for making money mm. for some people and not for everyone. Mm. Um, and that's when you think about it, it's just really bizarre. Yeah, you know. And the other. I mean, the other thing is, um, you know, what, what who arbitrarily chose that houses should increase in value, whereas everything else that you own depreciates in value. Mm. Why don't cars get more expensive? Why don't we just flip cars? You know, they they still degrade at the same rate as a house does. <laughs> it's you know, and most people need a car right now. So there's the same level of requirement in, in human need right yep. now. Yeah, it's just it just seems to be Maybe someone back in the day kind of created these rules that worked really well for them. And it's like, hey, let's let's just do it this way. This is going to be really cool for, for those of us that can make this work. And yeah. the rest of them, well, they can just eat cake and yeah. rent houses.
0: Well, this is the fascinating thing about recording this right now in 2020, mm. that maybe one day in the future, maybe our kids hopefully not our kids' kids <laughs> will listen back to something like this that we were having these discussions mm. and talking about this. Because I think it is easy to be the fish in the water and assume that this is just the way it is. Yes but it's actually always been this way. Yeah, mm. but actually it hasn't. That's not, not true at all. In fact mm. if you go back a couple hundred years, probably the you know, the our great 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 greats, they probably couldn't read or write, mm. you know? And yep. yet we assume that that's just how we all are that's how it is because that's what we know yeah um so yeah it's it's a fascinating topic and it is i think that coming back to that quote that we had at the beginning about you know logic and emotions i think that's actually kind of a helpful thing to remember when we're talking about Mm. house prices and the issues yeah well thank you so much for coming on the podcast tim it's thank you awesome to have you here great to um, be back. now you have a podcast as well i do how can people find that that's a great question i, just <laughs> saying, I, I can't remember i'll tell you <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna put some links we'll put some in the links show notes stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah i think
1: it's called in pursuit of purpose but i'm yeah. I'm about to change the name i think to purpose-filled performance but yeah. if you go to my website there's links uh so uh, growgood.co forward slash podcast you yeah you'll that's be able to awesome. find it but yeah. i was just saying before yeah i need to get it going again, lockdown, COVID and just general busyness this last couple of months have I know. put it on the back burner so yeah, there's been a lot I'll on a put lot this on. one up as my, my latest episode there you go, you're welcome to <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> we, can, we can co-share it, exactly. it can be a seeds yeah, yeah. one and
0: your one <laughs> but yeah, I just want to say thanks for coming on you, as we said at the start, you're probably one of the most regular people, but I couldn't think of a better person to have this conversation well, with and I really appreciate your generosity of just coming without knowing what it was about I knew it would be good and you didn't disappoint. So thank you.
1: Thank you.